الحمدللہ وسلام علی عباله الذین استفا اما بعد اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ونفس وما سواها سبحان ربک رب العزت اما یصفون وسلام علی المرسلین والحمدللہ رب العالمین اللہم صلی علی سیدنا محمد وعلا آلی سیدنا محمد وبارک وسلم اللہم صلی علی سیدنا محمد وعلا آلی سیدنا محمد وبارک وسلم اللہ سبحانہ وتعالی gave us the gift of this life but Allah Ta'ala also gave us the test of this life the gift of this life is this life is a means to earn Allah Ta'ala's pleasure and then to turn the, earn the eternal akhirah called Jannah and the test of this life is called our nafs the test of this life is called dunya the test of this life is other creation makhluq and the test of this life is shaitan Four different types of tests Allah SWT put, in us for this, for, put for us in this life. But the greatest of these four is the nafs. The greatest test we have in our life is our nafs. And Allah Ta'ala created that nafs. And Allah Ta'ala placed that nafs inside us. فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا And Allah Ta'ala inspired our nafs with that which was corrupt and vice for it. And that which was taqwa, pure and sound and virtue for it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired that nafs. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in Quran al-Kareem, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا That successful is that person who has purified their nafs. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّاهَا Salah, successful is that person who has purified their nafs. And then Allah Ta'ala told Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that because I want to create this special group of people called Sahaba who are the greatest awliyaullah of all of humanity, the greatest people after the Anbiya Sahaba Ikram Radiyallahu Ta'ala Anu Majmain. So Allah Ta'ala told Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Quran, وَيُزَكِّهِمْ And you Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he will do tazkiyah of all of the Sahaba. Allahu Akbar. So they were lucky people. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did tazkiyah of their nafs. So they became pure muttaqeen, pure salihin, pure zakirin, pure awliyaullah. These were all of the sahabi karam radiyallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'een. As me and you have the same mission. Same mission. Salah wa kamwan kat aflaha man zakkaha. That successful is that person who does tazkiyah of their nafs. In fact, in Quran, Allah SWT has swore qasam, has taken oath on different things. To emphasize this, Allah Taala took seven qasam, seven qasam. وَالشَّمْسِ وَدُهَاهَا وَالْقَمَرِ إِذَا تَلَاهَا وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا جَلَّاهَا وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَكْشَاهَا وَالسَّمَاءِ وَمَا بَنَاهَا وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا تَهَاهَا وَنَفْسٍ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَكْوَاهَا after these seven oaths, كَدْ أَفْلَهَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَكَدْ خَابَ مَنْ جَسَّاهَا Successful will be that person who does tazkiyah of their nafs and abased and disgraced and downtrodden and downfallen will be that person who fails to do the tazkiyah and is instead stung by their nafs, ruled by their nafs, dominated by their nafs. 
The Arab used to say that a person will either be Abun Nafs or Abdun Nafs. Either they will be the master of their nafs or the nafs will be their master and they will be the slave. That's how deep you have to do Tazkiyah. Means Tazkiyah is not done until you are master over your nafs. Means you control your nafs. Means your nafs obeys you and you obey Sharia. Your nafs obeys you and you obey Sharia. Nothing less than complete mastery over the nafs will result in a person having Tazkiyah. Our problem is precisely this. Yes, Alhamdulillah, many times many of us may have control over the nafs. But we don't have complete mastery over the nafs at all times. And there are times in our life when the nafs takes control of us. There are times when the nafs makes us feel lustful attraction for Jamehram. There are times when the nafs makes us have an anger. There are times when the nafs makes us feel greed and love for this world. There are times when the nafs makes us have hatred, envy, jealousy, negative feelings for a fellow believer. There's time when the nafs makes us have conceit and pride and arrogance in our heart. There's too many times that the nafs takes too much control over us. But Allah Ta'ala has placed in deen this effort of tazkiyah, this teaching of tazkiyah, mentioned in Quran by Allah and performed by Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this word salah, kad aflaha. Kad aflaha man zakaha, kad aflaha man So falah, like Allah Ta'ala has the Muslim call for salah, hayal al-falah. Falah means that success after which there is no failure, that joy after which there is no sadness, that happiness after which there is no sorrow. It's what in simple English we call the point of no return. That you become so successful that you reach the point of no return. So actually even that is possible in our deen. Through the power of deen, teachings of deen, sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a person could actually do tazkiyah of their nafs so successfully that there's no return, that they subdue their nafs so much that their nafs can never ever take control of them again. This as you know in Quran, Allah Ta'ala has called this nafsul mutma'inna. Now this person's nafs has now passed the point of no return. This person's nafs can never take over them again. Can you imagine what a wonderful life that would be? Can you imagine you can never feel lust for your mehram? You never get angry? You never have greed and lust for the world? You never have materialistic love? You never have envy, jealousy? You never have negative thoughts? Can you imagine what that would be like? But that's the mission. That's the mission, that's how deeply we must purify. Tazkiyah means purify. That's how deeply we must purify our nafs. But most of us, we don't think like that. We haven't made that a mission of our life. Allah Ta'ala has made it a mission for us. Allah Ta'ala has predicated, founded Salah on this. But we don't take it seriously. In fact, these are ayat, two ayat. They're in 30th juz. Many of you may have memorized it. Many of you might recite it. You often hear it in salah. But we don't take it up as a mission. So always remember Quran isn't just to recite or to memorize or to translate. Quran is to follow, practice, live, feel, imbibe in our life. When are we going to be moved by that verse that yes, Allah Ta'ala, you're absolutely right. I have no hope in any success on that day of judgment until I completely purify this nafs of mine. Completely purify this nafs of mine. So what is this nafs? 
Nafs is the seed of our desires. Nafs is the ego, the seed of passions. All those things I said to you, lust, anger, greed, envy, jealousy, arrogance, all from the nafs. So Allah has mentioned three different types of nafs. One is called nafsi ammara. Inna nafsa la'amaratun bisu'i. That indeed this type of nafs is amar. It supremely commands, it takes complete control over me. Complete control and what does it do? Then it commands a person bisu'i with evil. Evil. Not something small, not a slight lapse. Bisu'i, it commands the person to do evil things. So the nafs will make him do this evil. That he gets angry, he divorces his wife. The nafs will make him do this evil. He will fall into lustful attraction, betray his spouse. Nafs makes him do evil. He has greed in his heart. He does something Allah from Sharia to make even more money. Bribery, corruption, interest. The nafs makes him do evil. The nafs makes him have evil. He has envy, jealousy for someone. So he tries to slander them, tries to undermine them, tries to undercut them. The nafs makes him do evil. And the nafs is in control of this person. Dangerous. Alhamdulillah, most believers don't fall in the category that the nafs controls them entirely. But many believers have some particular sin where their nafs is amara on them. So they say, I have uncontrollable lust, I have uncontrollable anger, I have uncontrollable greed. What does it mean, this word uncontrollable? It means my nafs is amara on me. My nafs is commanding me. And I have no choice but to obey it. Even they talk like that. So they say, I'm addicted to sin. I'm stuck on sin. I can't get out of the sin. What does it mean? That's a sign that a person has in nafsi ammara. Nafsi ammara. Then there's a second type of nafs Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Quran. That's called nafsi lawama. Lawam. Lawam means that this nafs blames oneself. It feels bad. It feels shame and blame when it does sin. It's not completely gone. It's still doing bad, still doing evil, but it feels remorse and regret and it's the self-incriminating nafs. Many believers have this also. They have some sins in their life that nafs is amara on them. They say it's uncontrollable. Then they have the second type of sin also. That they do it, but they feel sad about it. They ask Allah's forgiveness. They make tawbah, but then they do it again. But again, they feel sad about it. It's nafs al-lawama. They feel bad and sad and they blame themselves. They know they're doing wrong. But still the nafs gets the better of them and they do that sin. So in some cases we have nafs ammara. In some cases we have nafs ammara. In some cases we have nafs al-lawama. And all of you know the goal is what? Nafs mutmainna. What is nafs mutmainna? Third type of nafs mentioned in the Quran. Mutmainna. It means two things. Number one, nafs mutmainna means this nafs has now been subdued. Subdued through ibadah, subdued through tazkiyah, subdued through zikr. It's been shaped, it's been molded into complete adherence, compliance, and happiness with sharia. It's mutmain. Whatever Allah Ta'ala wants us to do, it's happy to do it. There's no resistance, no rebellion, no temptation for sin, no attraction to sin, no addiction to sin, no indulgence to sin. It's mutmain. It's complying, peacefully, happily, following sharia and sunnah. 
And because it does that, then that person gets another meaning of mutmainna itminan. They get serenity, tranquility, peace in their heart. They get sukoon in their life. And then this person becomes so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls that person, Ya ayyutahan nafsul mutmainna irji'i, irji'i ila rabbik. Then you just come back. You just return to your rabb. You've completed the mission. Hmm? So Allah Ta'ala is saying in the Quran, what's the completion of life? What's the completion, perfection, climax of life? Tazkiyah of your nafs. Tazkiyah of your nafs complete. Tazkiyah such that your nafs becomes mutmainna. Irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatum marziyah. Then you just come back to your rabb and the state that you are pleased with him and Allah Ta'ala is pleased with you. Now, interesting here, Zaldiyatan, this is in the feminine form. So, it actually means your nafs is pleased with Allah Ta'ala, and Allah is pleased with your nafs. Can you imagine how pure that person must have made their nafs? How much tazkiyah they did of their nafs that their nafs was pleased with Allah? How much tazkiyah they must have done with their, of their nafs that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with their nafs? Can you imagine that? Allah Ta'ala is pleased with their nafs. That's the mission. That's our mission, that's our life purpose. What a wonderful life, what a wonderful person. Hmm? They say in slang English, what a wonderful way to go. Hmm? What a wonderful way to go. Hmm? We told you before, sometimes we tell you that our Shaykh, he says a beautiful thing, if we have not come to this world to live a good life, we've been sent to this world to die a good death. What is dying a good death? Irji'i ila rabbik. What is dying a good death? Ya mutminna irji'i ila rabbiki That's a good way to go. You know the truth? That's the only way to go. <laughs> That's the only way you want to go. You don't want to go any other way other than this. You don't want to go any way other than this because if you go any way other than this, you go this way non-stop to Jannah. Non-stop to Jannah al-Fardos. You go any way other than this, you will be stopped. You will be checked. You will be interrogated. You may be punished. We may end up in Jahannam for some time. Mufti Muhammad Shafir Ibn Taala used to say that there are two ways to purify your nafs. If you made a mistake, there are two ways to purify your nafs. Either you purify your nafs through the fire of Tawbah, or Allah Ta'ala will purify your nafs for you with the fire of Jahannam. It's your choice. It's our choice. Which one do you think is easier? And people say, I find it so difficult to make Tawbah. I can't leave that sin. I know I should leave it. I want to leave it, but I find it difficult. Okay, yes. But put it in comparative perspective. What's more difficult? Is it more difficult to make Tawbah and leave the sin? Or is it going to be more difficult to show up on the Day of Judgment with that sin that you didn't make Tawbah for and have to burn in Jahannam to be purified from that sin? Which one is more difficult? Hmm? Our Messiah explained that Jahannam also will do tazkiyah of the sinning believers. There will be mu'mineen who go into Jahannam for some time. They won't dwell there forever because they have Iman. But they will go for some time. Why? Why? Allah Ta'ala loves mu'mineen. Yes. Allah Ta'ala loves mu'mineen. Yes. Allah Ta'ala will eventually take them out because of their Iman. Yes. When Allah Ta'ala takes them out, He will admit them into Jannah. Yes. So why put them in Jahannam for their tazkiyah? 
They didn't bring a pure self to Allah SWT. And Jannah is only for the pure. So the sinning mu'mineen will go into Jahannam for their tazkiyah. Now can you imagine how critically important this tazkiyah is? That even though Allah Ta'ala loves the believers, they cannot enter Jannah if they have failed to make true tawbah. Mashaik explained an example like this, that the gold, when the goldsmith wants to purify gold from its impurities, he melts the gold. When he melts the gold, then the 24 karat gold comes on one side and the impurities come on the other side. So Allah SWT will allow 24 karat gold kalb into Jannah. إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى بِكَلْبٍ Nabi Kareem sallallahu said that no one will enter Jannah the miskala zalla even one atom's weight of the impurity of kibar, of arrogance in their heart. Allah Ta'ala will have to melt, melt the hearts and of the believers who sinned until the 24 karat gold of Iman is on one side and the sin gets melted away by Jannah. This is why some believers will have to go to Jannah. That's a very difficult path to take for tazkiyah. That's much more difficult. Leaving sin is easy. Leaving sin is easy compared to that. Hmm? But we don't realize these things. All of these things are in Quran. We don't think. Very few people are scared of Jahannam. Very few people think about Jahannam. If I were to give you a bayan with all of the ayat in Jahannam, you would start shaking, you would start running away. Huh? Even people today don't have the zarf, the hilm, the ability to even hear about Jahannam. But Allah Ta'ala mentions it over and over and over in Quran Al-Kareem. Allah Ta'ala mentions it repeatedly in Quran Al-Kareem. We should be thinking about this. Sins, unless we purify ourselves from them, sins have the danger of taking us to Jahannam. Yes, it might be also possible that Allah Ta'ala out of His infinite rahmat, infinite mercy, might choose to forgive a person anyway. It's possible. It's possible. Allah Ta'ala can forgive whomsoever He wants. But you won't know that in this world. There's no way of knowing that in advance that I'm going to be from those people that Allah Ta'ala is going to forgive me anyway. Who can say that about themselves? Who can know that about themselves? Who can have yakin about that about themselves? Hmm? So it's, we need to be scared. We need to be scared of our sins. We need to be scared of Allah SWT. We need to be scared of Jahannam. We need to purify this nafs, this dangerous nafs. Hmm? Just about Allah SWT said in Quran, مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَّهَا النَّفْسَ عَنَ الْهَوَى That that person who is scared. مَنْ خَافَ That person who is scared. Now right there, if me and you don't have that word in us, خَافَ خَوْف Many of us, we don't feel the feeling of fear. We don't have it. We're fearless. We might feel love for Allah Ta'ala, yes. We might feel gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, yes. We might feel sicker for the Ummah, yes. We might have love for Shaykh, yes. We might love the Ulama, yes. We might be curious to learn about Deen, yes. But do we have the feeling of fear in our heart? Is that word, man khafa, khafa, is it there or not? If it's not there, it's not possible to stop the nafs. Hmm? That person who is afraid of that day when they will stand in front of their Lord, that person can stop their nafs. That's it. It's that simple. They can prevent their nafs. They can stop their nafs. 
from every single slight muttering, whispering of the nafs. But this fear of Allah Taala is a good thing. This fear of Allah is a good thing. It helps it will help a person control their nafs. Now understand that nafs is even more dangerous than shaitan. Nafs is even more dangerous than shaitan. So the ulama tafsir, they took this from Surah Yusuf. And in Surah Yusuf, what is the, the uh, wazir of Misr? He says to the women that what? That your plotting and planning and scheming because it was due to your nafs is azim. It's tremendous. It's a deep plot that the nafs casts. But Allah Ta'ala says, what about shaitan? shaitani that indeed the plotting of shaitan is weak. It's a light, fluff, waswasa. That's all it can do. Hmm? But the nafs, it can do much more than just waswasa. Nafsa amara is much more than just a whisper. It can take complete control. Hmm? Like people say there's a virus that took control of the person's immune system. There's a sickness that took control of the person. This nafs can take control of the person's whole spirituality and make a person fall into sin. The simplest way you can understand that why the nafs is more dangerous than shaitan is what do you think made shaitan go astray? Hmm? There was no other shaitan that made shaitan go astray. What led to the downfall of Iblis and shaitan? His nafs. His nafs. Hmm? Just like insan have nafs, jinn have nafs. These are parallel similar creations. Parallel similar creations. Just like humans have nafs, jinnat have nafs. So shaitan's nafs. Now how bad did his nafs get him? His nafs got him so bad. His nafs was so amara. It made him disobey Allah Ta'ala. Even though he could see Allah Ta'ala. Even though he heard Allah Ta'ala say, First to do, he makes sajda. He still disobeyed Allah Ta'ala. That's how bad. That's nafs-i amara. The most extreme example of nafs-i amara. His nafs took complete control over him. Okay, then he refused to obey. Then he talked back to Allah Ta'ala. Then he argued with Allah Ta'ala. And then his nafs was so amara that even when Allah Ta'ala still explained to him, cast him out, said, you are redeemed. Still his nafs was amara. Said, okay, you cast me out. I have enmity towards this Adam alayhi salam. Give me respite. Give me muhla. I will declare enmity on Adam alayhi salam and all Bani Adam until the end of time. Allah Akbar, so much nafs amara. Okay, Allah said, I give it to you. Still his nafs didn't back down. From that moment up till today, nafs amara, his nafs is commanding him to have enmity for human beings and it's been going on for thousands of years. Such a big nafs. Such a big nafs. And some of us, some of the ummah, we are like small little shaitans ourselves. Hmm? That's what a person is. If a person's nafs is controlling them, like a small little shaitan, micro shaitan, mini shaitan, same story in their life. Same story in their life. Hmm? All of these things that people tell me take place in South Africa. Hmm? All of the affairs and all of the secret affairs and the drugs and all of this stuff. What do you think that is? That's nafs. It's nafs amara. It's nafs. These people, they still don't think. <laughs> they still don't think. 
They say, no, tazkiyah, tasawwuf, that's something fluffy, that's something for the Sufis, that's some other work of deen, and I'm in some other path of deen. La hawla wa la illa billah. This is nothing, it's not Sufi, it's not something specific, it's not something exclusive. This is our salvation. <laughs> this is our salvation to do tazkiyah of our nafs. You don't do tazkiyah of your nafs, you're going to be in big trouble. <laughs> Successful will be that person who does tazkiyah of their nafs. Who does tazkiyah of their nafs. Our Mashaikh say that the nafs is like a child. It's stubborn. Once the nafs sets its mind to something, it doesn't give up. Sometimes you will experience this when you try to fight your nafs. Let me show you some of the things that happened during the war, during the battle. Lessons from the battle of the nafs. So when you try to fight your nafs, discipline your nafs, stop your nafs, it doesn't give up. <laughs> Ajeev, enemy, this nafs, it doesn't give up. <laughs> you try to step on it, it pops up again in a different place. You try to control it, it pops again in a different day, another night, a different way, a different style. It's so stubborn, this nafs, Allah Kabira. It requires a lot of istiqamah, a lot of firmness and steadfastness to keep this nafs suppressed. Otherwise it keeps popping up, keeps popping up. Allahu Akbar Kabira. And the nafs is part of you. So your nafs knows what you like. The nafs knows you inside out. Shaitan is external enemy. Nafs is internal enemy. Nafs knows your weaknesses. Hmm? Allah Akbar Kabira. Ajeeb enemy this nafs. Ajeeb enemy this nafs. So then, what does it mean? We must be trained. So there are different ways that these mashayikh atrikat train us to control our nafs. The method that our mashayikh have taught us is that you work on your heart. Make your heart stronger than your nafs. There must be something in us that is stronger than the nafs. In any battle, right? In any battle between two forces. If you want to win a battle against the other force, and the other force is very strong, nafs amara very strong, you must bring to that something that is even stronger than it. So what is it that Allah Ta'ala has given us that can be even stronger than the nafs that's called our qalb, our spiritual heart? When? When that heart has love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when that heart has fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That qalb that is full of love for Allah ta'ala. That heart that is full of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Khashi'een. That heart will be stronger than the nafs. Allah Akbar. Allah ta'ala has given us hidayah. Allah ta'ala has not left us at the whims of our nafs. Allah ta'ala has put something else in us. Something of powerful feelings and emotions is called our qalb. It's our spiritual heart. It's very simple. These two things, how do they work? So anything that is life for the nafs will be death for the qalb. Anything that gives strength to your nafs will cause weakness to the qalb. Anything that gives strength to your nafs will cause weakness to the qalb. That's why Allah Ta'ala gave us hidayah. He said, lower your gaze. Why? Because if you look, even if you just look, looking will give strength to your nafs. And when it gives strength to your nafs, it will weaken your qalb. 
And if your talib is weak and nafs is strong, you will lose the battle. The battle between these two forces will be lost. Allah Ta'ala was trying to guide us. This is his hidayah. He was trying to protect us. But we don't do it. We don't do it. Swallow your anger. Why? If you let yourself feel the anger, it strengthens the nafs. And if you strengthen the nafs, you weaken the kalb. Again, problem. If you strengthen the nafs, weaken the kalb, you lose the battle. We lose the battle. But we don't listen. We let ourselves get angry and we let ourselves look. We let ourselves get angry, we let ourselves look. But then there's no mystery as to why we're losing the battle against the nafs. Whatever gives strength to the nafs will weaken the kalb. Whatever gives life to the nafs will be death for the kalb. Then understand, whatever gives pleasure to the nafs will be bitter for the kalb. Whatever gives pleasure to the nafs will be bitter for the kalb. So what does a person do? They engage in pleasures. They look for the pleasure, they do this for pleasure, they do that for pleasure. So then they give bitterness to their heart. So then they come to Salah with a bitter heart and their heart can't feel the pleasure of Salah anymore. Their heart can't feel the pleasure of Quran anymore. Their heart can't feel the pleasure of Dua anymore. Their heart can't feel the pleasure of Zikr anymore. Why? Because they gave pleasures to their nafs. So that means they fed poison and bitterness to the heart. Opposite. These are forces. Opposite. Opposite. Hmm? But Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. All of this works the other way also. All of this works vice versa also. That's why Mashaid they teach Zikrullah. Why? Vice versa. Whatever gives pleasure to the Kalb will give weakness to the nafs. Whatever gives strength to the Kalb will give weakness to the nafs. Whatever gives pleasure to the Kalb will give bitterness to the nafs. Whatever gives life to the Kalb will bring death to the nafs. Oh, Akbar now you see how our Messiah, they understand these things. They train, they teach, they educate. How do you give life to the Kalm? How do you give pleasure to the Kalm? How do you give strength to the Kalm? Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul kulub. Allahu Akbar kabira. You want nafsu mutmainna? Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul kulub. You must make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Now you understand why they stress zikr? It's nothing to do with being Sufi. Don't think zikr is optional. Oh, zikr is critical. Zikr is essential. When you make the zikr of Allah Taala, your kal will be strong and your nafs will become weak. And if you don't make the zikr of Allah Taala, you don't do those things. So now it's like an ordinary person's life. You look in their life because they think zikr is something extra. Zikr is something optional. So they don't make true zikr. They don't make steadfast zikr. So they don't do the thing that Allah Ta'ala placed in deen to give strength to their kalb. They don't do the thing that Allah Ta'ala put in deen to give pleasure to the kalb. Simultaneously, simultaneously, they can't control their gaze. They can't control their tongue. So they're doing those things which Allah Ta'ala told them not to do. And they're doing those things that give strength to the nafs and give pleasure to the nafs. So what do you think is going to be the result of this person? Nafsa hmm? Ammara. That will be the result of this person. They will fail to do their tazkiyah. They end up in these sins, secret sin, shady sin, sideline sin, outwardly looking like undeen, but inwardly having sinful thoughts. Outwardly looking like deen, inwardly having shameful thoughts. Publicly acting on deen and privately sinning against Allah SWT. Why? It's 
So it's easy to understand now. They don't do the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't strengthen the one force. One force can be stronger than nafs. That's the kalb. That's it. There's nothing else you have that can defeat your nafs. But they didn't do it. They took it lightly. They took it lightly. They didn't understand. Allah Akbar Kabira. And because Allah loved us, Allah wanted us to be strong. So how much zikr did He tell us to make? Ya Allah zikran kathira. Oh, you have iman, make a lot of zikr, make zikr kathir. If we did that, if we made zikr kathir, oh, the kalb will become strong. The kalb will become strong. The nafs will become weak. The kalb will be victorious over the nafs. Alhamdulillah. Hmm? Allah Ta'ala roared on Rashaif, they took out these pearls and diamonds from Quran and Sunnah and they explained it to us and they trained us on this path of Tazkiyah. You need to be trained in this, you need to be taught this, you need to practice this, you need to be steadfast on this. Everything else can continue. Whatever else you're doing, whatever job you do, whatever work you do, whatever khidmat of deen you do, all of it stays the same. But this effort has to be there. This effort has to be there, so this is called tazkiyatun nafs. Tazkiyatun nafs, making the kalb strong, making the nafs weak. Making the kalb strong, making the nafs weak. Hmm? Now when the nafs is strong, then shaitan's effort becomes very easy. And when the kalb is weak, again shaitan's effort becomes very easy. When he plants waswasa, if the heart is strong, it won't respond, it won't listen. But if the heart is weak and the nafs is strong and shaitan plants waswasa, it's very difficult for a person. Let's share this with you also, this lesson from the battle against shaitan. First thing that shaitan wants to do is that he wants a person to commit a new sin. A new sin. He's an enemy. He wants you to have a new downfall. A new sin. Now, there may be some people, alhamdulillah, they make some effort, make some zikr, make some ibadah. Also, they're trying to stay away from those things, stay away from those things Allah Ta'ala told them to stay away from, so they had some control on their nafs, so they don't listen. They don't listen to shaitan. Alhamdulillah, they had first level taqwa. He tries to suggest them to try something new, to do some new sin, first time sin that they never did. They resist. Alhamdulillah, they're strong, they have taqwa. So then what does shaitan do? Okay, he tries second attack. Second attack is that if this person can't do a new sin, let me make him repeat an old sin. So then he tries another waswasa. He plants in our mind some memory, revives some memory, re-triggers some memory, tries to revive some feeling that we already had, tries to turn the book of deeds back a few pages. <laughs> Go back a few pages. Remember you did this? Remember you used to think like this? Remember you felt like this? Allah Allah Akbar Kabira, but maybe mashallah still, this person did a lot of ibadah zikr, they made their heart strong, they tried to stay away from sin, and they were successful, they kept their nafs weak, even they can resist this, and they can resist this, they can resist this waswasa also, so neither do they go for the new sin, nor do they repeat the old sin, but then what will shaitan do, he'll do a third attack, 
Third attack is that, okay, if I can't get them to do a new sin, I can't get them to repeat an old sin, then these a'mal, these askar, this work of deen, this ilm of deen, and this lowering of the gaze, and this controlling the anger that this person is doing, due to which they become strong and resistant to me, let me see if I can make them lessen it a little bit, let them slack a little bit. So maybe they're about to sit down for their zikr. Shaitan will put a wasus in their mind. Oh no, you should do something else, or go somewhere else, or somebody's calling you, or it's okay, mashallah, you've been doing the zikr regularly for so many days, take a day off. Subhanallah, huh? take a day off. They're about to come for bayan. Shaitan will plant some wasus in them. No, no, there's no need to go. He tried to keep them away from those things that they were doing that made their heart strong. He tries to keep them away from doing those things that they were doing that made their nafs weak. Allah Akbar. Obviously, if he succeeds in that, then he goes back to his earlier attack, repeat old sin. If he succeeds in that, he goes back to his earlier attack, make new sin. Let's say, mashallah, there's somebody, mashallah, they have so much taqwa, so much haya, so much zikr, so much istikama, so much work in tazkiyah, even they resist this, even they resist this. So they don't give up, they have they hold on to it because they know that my salvation is in this. It's these amal that made my heart strong. I cannot let go of these amal. I can't even slack a bit. If I slack, my heart will become a little bit less strong. My nafs will become a little bit more strong. And again, I could lose the battle. So they understand. So they have istiqamat. Now you understand why you should have people ask, Why oh, I don't have istiqamat and ibadah. I want to have it. You don't really want to have it. You don't understand. It's when you realize that these ibadat, azkar, du'as, akhlaq are critical for you, crucial for you, then you will have istikamat on it. So let's say there's a person like that, time istikamat, time istikamat. Okay, now what happens is shaitan, he still won't let go. He still won't back down. Then he will try another tactic. He will try another tactic. That okay, this person is doing his amal with istikamat. Doing these amal with istikamat, so I will plant a waswasa in him that maybe you're doing this out of riya, maybe you're doing it out of show. That you come every day early for Fajr Salah on the front row, you stay back every day after Fajr, make 20 minutes of zikr, you do this and you do that, maybe you're doing it just for show. He tries to confuse the person, tries to confuse the person. Person might get shaken up. If he gets shaken up, maybe he'll start leaving it. He so, oh, what's the point? I was doing this for show. Sometimes shaitan will use another person. He'll put waswas on that person that you go praise him. You go praise him. You go tell him that, oh, mashallah, I saw that you always come for fajr. Oh, mashallah, I saw that you're so good in your zikr. You go tell him. So sometimes shaitan uses insan also. Hmm? And then that person comes and tells you, oh, no, I'm doing it for show. Okay, let me now sit and do my zikr at home instead of in the masjid. But home is different, masjid is different. He goes back home, then bed is there, maybe he starts sleeping. Hmm? He tries to pull the person away, thinking like this. Okay, maybe there's a person who's so strong, so strong in their taqwa tazkiyah. In close rabbit, there was shaykh, they write shaykh this letter. The shaykh, I think that I'm doing this out of riya. So once somebody wrote, has a father, Ashraf Ali Thanvidam Taleh. Shaykh Ashraf Ali Thanvidam Taleh, this is the exact thing. The shaykh, I think I'm doing this ibadat, asgar out of riya. He said, he wrote him back, he said, don't leave the ibadah, just leave the riya. If you think there's riya, leave that. Don't you dare leave the ibadah, zikr, khidmat, dawah, one drop. Allah Akbar. Because the person might have thought that maybe I don't have a class, maybe I should leave it. The person thinks on their own. Maybe I should work on myself first and then return to it. 
Alhamdulillah, he got Shaykh. Shaykh saved him from this deception of Shaitan. Shaykh saved him from this trap of Shaitan. It's okay. He saved that. Shaitan still doesn't give up. Shaitan still doesn't give up. Next attack of Shaitan. Now what Shaitan does, he picks up the mirror and he shows the person. That look at you, mashallah, you don't do any new sin. You don't repeat any old sin. You don't lapse or slack in your zikr, your ilm, your effort of deen. You have istikamat. Look at you, you don't even have riyah. Look at you, you don't even have riyah. Look at you, even when people praise you, it means nothing to you. Look at you, whatever same name you have, it means nothing to you. Look at you. And the person looks at themselves. Then they get another thing, it's called ujub. Ujub. Then they get vanity, conceit, they start thinking, yeah, I'm something. <laughs> I'm something, it's true. I don't do new sin, don't repeat old sin, don't slack in my ibadat, I have istikamat and amal, I don't care what people say, I'm something. I've accomplished something, I've become something. Now he got the person another sin. And that's his own sin. That was his own sin, Iblis thought he was something. Mashaikh writes that the original sin of Iblis was his ujub. He thought he was something. Allah Akbar. So he tries to get this human who was so good in taqwa, so good in tazkiyah, so good in zikr, had so much istikama. Ultimately he tries to bring him back to the primary sin ever in the history of the world. Ujum. Allah Akbar. And if the person falls for this, all the way back they slide. <laughs> Shaitan just slides them down. There's a game, it's called snakes and ladders. Huh? You know that? So right before you reach 100, huh? Right before you reach 100, there's a big snake. In like somewhere 97, 96, they put that big snake all the way back down. This is like what Shaitan does. Right? The person's almost completed their tazkiyah. At all of these things, he catches them right on square number 98 and brings them all the way back down. Allah Akbar Kabira. He's adubum mubeen. He's a hardcore enemy. Hardcore enemy. Hmm? Can you imagine then, then who can save themselves from that? The person who has so much tazkiyah that even they look themselves in the mirror, they see all these things, they say, Alhamdulillah. This is not my kamal, this is the barakat of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. This isn't my achievement, this is the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. There's no greatness in me, this is the karam and fazl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then they reach a hundred. <laughs> then they reach a hundred. Now you understand how what this path of tazkiyah is? Now you see the steps in the battle, the steps in the war. Oh, it's a long battle. It's not easy, believe me, it's not easy. It's not easy, you need to be trained and it takes a lifetime. This tazkir requires a lifetime of effort, lifetime of longing, lifetime of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lifetime of longing, lifetime of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> so how to check whether my kalb is strong? How to check whether my kalb is strong and how to control my nafs. Last two things we need to tell you tonight. Hafiz ibn al-Qayyim al He mentioned a few signs for a person to check their kalb. Then we will tell you a few things to control the nafs. Check the kalb. Number one is that do you prefer the things of this world? Do you enjoy the things of this world? Hmm? You enjoy the car, you enjoy the watch, you enjoy the sweater, you enjoy the upholstery, you enjoy the degree, you enjoy the home, you enjoy the things of the world. 
that heart which can still feel pleasure and attraction to the dunya, that's a weaker heart. Relatively speaking, it's a weaker heart. And that heart that has zuhud, zuhud, it doesn't feel any enjoyment from the world, it doesn't feel any attraction to the world, cannot derive any pleasure from the world. All of its fondness, attraction, pleasure lies in deen. There's nothing that can please it except for deen. Because deen is a'la, dunya is adna, deen is superior, dunya is inferior. Once it tastes the superior pleasure, it forgets about all the inferior pleasures. That's the sign the person's heart is strong. That's the sign the person's heart is strong. We can check ourselves. Where do we fall on the spectrum? Where do we fall in this range? Second, second he mentions that is you, you have more desire to meet and talk to creation or do you have more desire to talk to your creator? You can check in yourself. If somebody calls you up, can you talk to them for 10, 15, 20 minutes easily? If somebody visits your house, can you chat them up for half an hour, one hour easily? And at the same time, you find it difficult to read Quran for more than 5-10 minutes. When you raise your hands in du'a, you can't make your own du'a. Forget about rattling off du'as that you memorize. Can you make your own du'a in your own words, in your own language to Allah subhanahu wa How long can you talk to Allah? And how long can you talk to Krishna? And if a person says, if I stick to my own words, my own language, I can't make du'a for more than two or three minutes. But if somebody comes to meet me, greet me, talk to me, I can chat them up for hours. Understand that your heart is weak, that your heart is not strong. Hmm? I can talk to creation, but I can't talk to the creator. Hmm? You check, you can check, everyone can check themselves. Everyone can check themselves. Hmm? Now, how to control this nafs? How to control this nafs? Imam al mentioned a few things. Yes, now, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Don't think that I'm going to tell you it's easy now. Hmm? There's nothing in life that's easy. There's nothing valuable in life. Nothing worthwhile in life. Nothing precious in life that comes easy. But this tells you to nafs. Hmm? The most valuable, precious salah, salah. It's not going to be that easy. Not going to be that easy. First way is called mukhalafatun nafs. Mukhalafatun nafs. To go against the desires of your nafs. To counter the nafs. Some mashayikh, they were so stern in this. That to discipline their nafs, even they stayed away from lawful and permissible things. Even they stayed away from lawful and permissible things. For example, it would be summer. They would say, I won't drink cold water. Why? Just to discipline my nafs. They used to fast long periods. They used to keep themselves sleeping less, eating less. They used to do a lot of nafs. A lot of mukhalifatun nafs. So that was in the early period. Our Mishayik, Mishayik and Akshabandi explain that in this day and age, don't try to do it. Average person shouldn't try to do these extra things. All you have to do, Mukhalifatun Nafs, is make sure your Nafs doesn't do anything against Sharia. Use your brute force, sheer willpower. Sheer willpower to make sure your Nafs does not do anything against Sharia. And if you want to go beyond that, just follow the Sunnah of Nabi Akareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So you don't have to eat so less, you want to fast, fast Mondays and Thursdays, or 13, 14, 15 lunar months. Don't try to go beyond that. 
pray two, four, eight rakats of tahajjud. You're not ready enough to pray the whole night. You're not ready for that. Hmm? Do this much. Do this much. So this is called mukhalafatun nafs. Mukhalafatun nafs. Second way is called mujahadatun nafs. Mujahadatun nafs. What does that mean? Mujahadatun nafs means that you exert yourself in ibadah even when you don't feel like doing it. That's called mujahadah. One is to do ibadah when you feel like it. That you feel, oh, it was Jummah, and I prayed Jummah, and I was feeling close to Allah Ta'ala. So I said, okay, let me read Surah Kahf. That was when you felt like doing it. You woke up in the middle of the night, and you were fresh, and you were alert, and you looked, and you said, it's still that your time. I feel like praying Surah Kahf to Allah Ta'ala and making dua. That was ibadah when you felt like doing it. Mujahada. Mujahada means to do ibadah even when you don't feel like doing it. You don't feel like doing it. You're lazy. Force yourself. Force yourself. Push yourself. Push yourself. So, mukhalafatun nafs. Mujahadatun nafs. Mukhalafatun nafs. Mujahadatun nafs. Third, is that a person should keep suhbah of those who are also battling their nafs. This is why Allah Ta'ala said, Kunu ma sadiqeen. Keep yourself in the company. Attach your heart, connect your heart to the Mashaikh, Siddiqeen, Sadiqeen, to the teachers of Zikr, the teachers of Tadkiyah. Because when you keep that company, when you sit in that gathering, you will be motivated and inspired to fight this battle on your nafs. You will learn and be trained to fight this battle on your nafs. You will hear about love for Allah Ta'ala, fear of Allah Ta'ala, the feelings of your heart, that your heart needs to become stronger than the nafs. You will be taught how to practice Zikr. Zikr, zikr kathir, so that your heart gets the pleasure of zikr until your heart gets the pleasure of zikr so then you, then you can leave the pleasures of your nafs then you can leave the pleasures of your nafs this is what you get from Mashaim I just outline all that's it there's nothing else it's not a cult it's not worshipping the shaykh it's to get training and instruction to get guidance and inspiration to be trained in how to look, fight your nafs, to be trained how to strengthen your heart, to be trained how to feel love for Allah Ta'ala, fear of Allah Ta'ala, the feelings that strengthen the heart, to be trained how to be more ashamed of the pleasures of the nafs, to be against the pleasures of the nafs. So as long as you find lust attractive, it's difficult to stay away from it. But when you get karahat, when you start finding these things unattractive, then it's easy to stay away from it. You will find them unattractive when you sit with Mashaikh and they explain and open it up to you how much evil this will make you fall into. This is what we get from Mashaikh. So, Mukhalifatun Nafs, Mujahadatun Nafs, and Sobat Shaykh, Sobat Shaykh, Ittibai Shaykh, and the Zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the four things. Zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I already explained to you in the course of Bihan. These are the four things that will help control the Nafs. Mukhalifat al-Nafs, making sure you stay away from sins, stay on Sharia, and you want to do more, follow the extra Sunnah. Mujahat al-Nafs, make ibadah even when you don't feel like doing so. Even if you don't have to do even five minutes of ibadah like that, slams on us down. Even five minutes of ibadah, when you don't feel like doing it, you make yourself do it anyway, it slams on us down. Sobat al-Shaykh, being trained by Mashaykh, 
and kasrat al-zikr, making a lot of zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the four ways a person can do tazkiyah their nafs. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah ta'ala accept us also for this, that Allah ta'ala help us in our tazkiyah. Allah ta'ala said in Quran, it's all up to Allah. All up to Allah. Wallah sallallahi alaykum wa rahmatuhu ma zaka minkum min ahadun abada walakinnallahi yuzaki man yasha If it was not for the fadl of Allah Ta'ala upon you, if it was not for the mercy of Allah Ta'ala upon you, no, Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, no single one of you would ever, ever be able to do their tazkiyah. Rather, it's Allah Ta'ala who will purify whom He wants. So, how do we get that? This is the dream. And Allah Ta'ala wants to do my tazkiyah. If that can happen, then Allah Akbar. All the paths will be open to me. So when will Allah Ta'ala want to do your tazkiyah? When you want Allah Ta'ala to do it. It's that simple. It's that's the one thing that is easy. You start wanting Allah Ta'ala to do it, Allah Ta'ala will make irada to do it. You start begging and making dua Allah Ta'ala to do it, Allah Ta'ala will do it. So wanting it is easy. Making dua for it is easy. So this is what we can do on this one night. We can express our irada, our wish, our want, our desire, our talab, our yearning to Allah Ta'ala. So you're beginning, we want this tazkiyah. We need this tazkiyah. You are the true muzakki. You are the one who purifies the heart. Yet I'm beginning, I don't want to live my life with this strong nafs. I don't want to live my life with this weak heart. So we express this irada to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he accept our tawbah on this night. May Allah ta'ala accept it from us. Before we make dua, inshallah, before this adhan, I will tell you the practice of zikr that our mashayikh teach. Number one, daily recitation of Qur'an. You must recite Qur'an al-Kareem every single day. Ideally one juz. If you can't do that, half a juz. If you can't start with half a juz, start with something and gradually increase it till you reach half a juz and have istiqamat on it. It will strengthen your heart and weaken the nafs. Second hundred times salawat, durchik on Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammadun wa barik wa sallam. And you must say it with love, you must say it with longing, you must say it with niyyah to follow the sunnah of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When you follow the sunnah, it will strengthen the heart and weaken the nafs. Third, hundred times istighfar. Astaghfirullah wa rabbi min kulli zanbin wa atubu ilayh. Every day to beg Allah Ta'ala to forgive us for sins. This istighfar, this tazkiyah, this istighfar is cleaning our heart from the sins that have accumulated on it. If you do it every single day, then it will remove the sins from the heart. Then it will bring back the heart to its strong position. And then again the heart will become stronger and the nafs will become weaker. Number four is try always to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Arabic, this is called Mukufa Kalbi. Try in your heart always to be aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Never let yourself forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more aware you are, the more you remember Allah ta'ala, the easier it will be to love Him more, and the easier it will be to fear Him more. And when you remember Him more, it becomes harder to sin. So the more zikr you have, the more love you have, the more fear you will have, again the heart will become stronger and the nafs will become weaker. And the fifth and last zikr our mashayikh they teach is called muraqabah. 
Muraqaba means to sit for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, once a day, twice a day, and to sit very firm and steadfast and try to make a special zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That special zikr is that, Ya Allah, now I want to remember you from my heart. Zikr kalbi. Now I need to strengthen my heart. I want you to send your nude in my heart. I want you to soften my heart. I want you to fill my heart with your love. And me, I make intention that my heart, not my tongue, my heart is making zikr of you. How that my heart, my kalb is making zikr of your name, that my kalb is silently calling Allah, Allah, Allah. So if you sit for this for five, ten, you can think you're charging your kalb. And the more you charge your kalb with the zikr of Allah's name, the more that kalb will become strong. Then you keep charging your kalb with the zikr of Allah's name, then your kalb will get the pleasure of it, the sweetness of it. Remember what I said, the stronger the kalb, the weaker the nafs. The more you can taste the pleasures of the heart, the less attracted you are to the pleasures of the nafs. So if you follow, inshallah, some of these five practices of zikr, Allah Ta'ala will make you strong. The six things to keep in touch, to be connected, to join your heart to a shaykh in line of mashayikh. So, mashallah, a few of you are already students. Those of you who wish to make that intention on this night, you can make that niyyah, you can get the information, you can practice the zikr, you can listen to more bayan, and you embark on this journey of tazkiyah, and you purify this nafs once and for all, you make niyyah that you want to do for the long term, you want to spend your life on this, Allah Ta'ala will accept it inshallah. Close your eyes and bow your head for a few moments, practice the zikr, go deep into your heart and make the intention that you and the Bible to forget the whole world and remember you. I want to fill my heart with love for you and make me that my heart is remembering your name as if my son is calling Allah, Allah, Allah. Ya Rabb, Ya Rahman, Ya Rabb, Ya Rahim, Ya Rabb, have mercy on us, Ya Rabb. 
Forgive us your love. Give us another chance, your love. We want to be true to you. Give us another chance, your love. We will be loyal to you, obedient to you, devout to you, devoted to you. Give us another chance, your love. Send your hidayah on our heart. Send your hidayah on our life. Yet in Bikrim, forgive us for all the times we were untrue to others, untrue to our spouse, untrue to parents, untrue to children. Forgive us for every betrayal, every disloyalty, every falsehood, every fraud, every deceit, every conceit. Yet in Bikrim, we are drowning in the sin. Yet in Bikrim, help us, Ya Allah. Guide us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Shower your mercy upon us, Ya Allah. Yet in Bikrim, make us true to others, make us loyal husbands, loyal fathers, loyal brothers, loyal friends, make the women, if they're listening, loyal mothers, loyal wives, loyal daughters, loyal sisters, let it be clean, make us the loyal ummati of Nabi Akareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, make us the loyal ab to you, ya Rabbi Kareem, ya Allah, ya Rabbi Kareem, and protect us from falling into sin again, protect us from lying again, protect us from falsehood again, protect us from this nafs, ya Rabbi, we have this false lying nafs, it has become a mara on us, ya Rabbi Change it, Ya Rabb. Make our nafs amalans and nafs madminna, Ya Rabb. Say, Kun fayakun, it will happen, Ya Rabb. You are Allah kulli shayin kadir. It is easy for you, Ya Rabb, to direct your kudrat on this nafs and make it into nafs madminna, Ya Allah. Make us obedient to you, loyal to you. Make us lousy with deen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that if there's anything in us, and anything in our personality, anything in our lifestyle, anything in our temperament, anything in our habits that is even slightly displeasing to you. We want to change it, Ya Rabb. Help us, Ya Rabb. Guide us, Ya Rabb. Make us according to your raza. Make us according to your pleasure, Ya Rabbi Kareem. And for those of us who are seeking on this path of zikr, who will join this path of zikr, make us firm on it, Ya Rabb. Let us benefit from our Rabb. Let the zikr penetrate to our heart. Yet we don't want the form of zikr only. We want the feelings of Zikr, we want the hakikat of Zikr, we want the reality of Zikr. Then in Bikrim, we ask that you send your special Rahman Karam on all of the people in this masjid, on all of this community. Then in Bikrim, each and everyone sat here on this night, hoping that they would hear something that would connect them to you, hear something that would make them closer to you. Allah, honor their hope, Ya Rabb. Be true to their hope, Ya Rabb. You said in Hadith, the Qutti, Allah in the Zanni Abdibi. Then in Bikrim, treat them according to their good hopes from you before we rise from this place and return to our home. Make us from your sadiqeen mu'mineen. Make us from your salihin mu'mineen. Make us from your zakirin mu'mineen. Make us from the muttaqeen mu'mineen. Yet the beginning you've said all these words in Quran. It is our heart's desire, Ya Rabb, that we too become amongst its people. Yet the beginning decree it for us. Make it in our naseeb. Make it in our takdeer. Yet the beginning we make it for all of the ummah, Ya Rabb. Send your rahmah on the ummah. Your hidayah on the ummah. Make us an ummah Sitk again, make us an ummah of Salihin again. Yet a big name, get us a Sitk of the Sahaba, the Sitk of the Siddiqin, get us a Sitk of Siddiqi Akbar, Ya Rabba, yet make us the true followers of their legacy. Yet a big name, bequeath us their spiritual legacy. Ya Allah, a big name, we have to ease those who are in difficulty, remove those who are in worry, give happiness where there is sorrow, give joy where there is grief, give health where there is sickness, give wealth where there is poverty. Yet a big name, and those of us who already have so many of your bounties and blessings, we have only our own laziness to blame. Remove that laziness, Ya Rabb. Those who are wealthy, help us to help the poor. Help the wealth, remove the poverty of the poor. Help those with knowledge, remove the ignorance of those who lack it. Ya Rabbi Kareem, guide us, Ya Rabb. Help us to make the true connections, 
truly forsaken in your name. And so we ask that you grant all of their heartfelt dwells, all of their pious wishes, all of their secret pleas, all of their silent dwells, except their dwells in this night, you would be green. Make this masjid a shining light of the Quran, Sunnah, and Sharia. Make it a center of sukoon, center of nur, center of ilm, center of zikr, center of dawah, center of deen, you would be green. Send your rahmat, karam, and khazal on us, ya Rabb. Rabbana takabba minna innaka anta sanir alim. وَتُمْوَ لَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَى هَذِهِ سَيْدْنَا مُحَمَّدُ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ بِرَحْمَتِكَ يَا حَمَى اللَّهِ